today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Cash and Carry Kitchens. At the heart of Irish homes for over 40 years. Cashandcarrykitchens.ie Email todaycb at rte.ie well, the ongoing controversy around RTE's exit payments is set to remain at the centre of the political agenda this week. And this morning, our reporter Brian O'Connell has been finding out what people in Cork City Centre think about the ongoing issues. That's unbelievable, yeah. Yeah, crazy. Crazy. Three people get a half a million just to walk away. Would it change your view of the licence fee? Oh, definitely. Even though mine is paid, like, but I'd rather not, but my wife just like to get it out of it. I mean, the government should take it over even though they're not much good either. Like, so when it comes to renewing the licence fee next year? Well, it depends what's going to come out of it, doesn't it? You think it's important that we have a public service broadcaster? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Will someone give you an exit payment when you finish work? Do you believe my licence will die with me? When I go on, my licence will go. I can't send my licence on for a, a few, a few baptisms back on when they are at all. Would it change your opinion of the licence fee of paying it? No, it wouldn't. I'd pay my licence fee. Okay. I assume they'll sort it out. It's a bit of a mess for you, to be honest with you, like. Yeah. Do you understand me? You know, she didn't get her chance to have her speak, like. But then again, she should have probably took the meeting the following morning, like. It would happen in the private sector, I'm sure. She would have held on, like. Had her, had her meeting, like, you know. Does it change your view of the licence fee? No, not whatsoever. Right? You still believe in public service broadcasting? 100%, yeah. yeah. I suppose the issue is that every week there appears to be something new. But there is, there is, there is things there. Like You're work practices and stuff like that like within, within, within the organisation that need to be, uh, it need, need, needs to be tinned down a bit, to be honest with you. Like, you know, so, like, so you can understand why exit packages were paid then, can you? If you're uh, trying to change a leadership team, for example. Yeah, I can understand that, like, you know But at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's public money, like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, all right, there's contracts, obviously, like, but... Things need to be transparent, like, do you know what I mean? If you're getting state, if you're basically getting state funding, like, and from the Joe Soap on the street, like, do you know what I mean? That's be transparency there, like, do you know what I mean? few people in uh, Cork this morning speaking to our own Brian O'Connell about the ongoing issues in RTE. I'm joined on the line by Arthur Beasley, who's current affairs editor with the Irish Times. And Arthur, I think it was your own paper that read the headline, When Will It Ever End? And I think a lot of people feel like that. But the whole thing now has moved very firmly back into the political agenda. We have the media minister, Catherine Martin, who will appear before the Oireachtas Committee tomorrow to answer questions about what's been viewed politically as the forced resignation of the chair of RTE, Shuni Rahali. What do you think we need to hear from her in order to, to quell the latest element of this controversy and all of that pressure that's on the media minister now? Uh, good morning, Claire. Well, there's a, I mean, the, it is indeed a valid question. When will it end? Um, at all points in the air up to now, now ongoing for the better part of 10 uh, it's been essentially open season by politicians on RTE. And what has now happened in the last number of days is that you have these questions now for the media minister. What were the circumstances of her interview on prime time last Thursday night where she failed to say she had confidence in the chairwoman of RTE and essentially uh, left the chairwoman in a situation where she resigned within three hours? And that's the nub of it. Why did she decide to go on television? What was the state of knowledge within her own department, given what was uh, what Shunri Rahali has said that she told the former Secretary General of the department, given what was heard in a public session of the Public Accounts Committee uh, sometime previously, and given the fact that Miss Martin's department is the department to which RTE answers, and you'd expect it to be keeping a pretty close eye on what was going on at Montrose, 
at a time of great crisis. Mm -hmm. On Friday, the Labour Party said that Minister Martin's position was looking increasingly untenable, but we heard on Morning Ireland Labour Party Senator Marie Sherlock saying that they wouldn't table a motion of no confidence in Catherine Martin. Would we expect Sinn Féin to consider its options on that? Um, Well, I I think it's all down to what goes on at this committee tomorrow night. It's scheduled for three hours. It's a late sitting. It will start at 7pm. It won't go on until it'll go on until at least 10pm. That assured that that makes it certain that there'll be more yet more spillover into Wednesday. So that's the better part of a half week. Um, I think it's all down to the account that Catherine Martin gives uh, before the committee. If she can succeed in answering clearly the questions that will inevitably be put, if she can provide precise information, if there's precision, if she can uh, give some confidence that she can indeed that she give a clear account of what of the state of knowledge within her inner department, well, then maybe she can get through it. But if there is a major blunder, well, then there's no doubt that the opposition parties will yet again be uh, seeking to put it right up to her. Mm-hmm. And at that point, the government will be forced to uh, declare its confidence in her, in public at least, People have said, yes, that's fine. The minister, she's the Minister for Media. She is in charge. But in, in private, certainly, there is no doubt that there is a, a certain degree of disquiet about what happened on Thursday and all that followed from it. Mm, but in public is all that matters, really, if it came down to it. And she does seem, would you agree, to be politically well insulated here? Uh, at this point in the proceedings, there doesn't seem to be any uh, desire within the government to, to bring her down, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Because the government and the Green Party would find it difficult, you would imagine, at this point in the electoral cycle to withstand a ministerial resignation. Oh, I think that's absolutely clear. And uh, it's now, uh, it would be particularly grave for the government uh, if that was to happen. And so I think all signs suggest that she will be uh, supported to the hilt unless something happens that means that the government cannot support her. Mm-hmm. Just uh, coming back to the, the rights and wrongs of it, and I don't want to get bogged down in, in all of this, but this remuneration committee, which was chaired by the chair of the board, uh, Shuan Nirali, that had been reconfigured. Its terms of reference had been changed. And do we understand now that when it came to Richard Collins' departure and the exit package that was negotiated there, that the new system was up and running and that the department knew that that new system System was up and running. There's no doubt the new system was up and running in the uh, the board of when the before the board of RTE issued a statement on Friday. A statement was issued by the remuneration committee, and as evidence, it presented a redacted copy of the minute from the meeting at which the exit package uh, for Richard uh, Collins was discussed. Um, this is a subcommittee of the RTE board. Um, its work was front and centre of the, the first rumblings of this scandal right back at the end of June uh, because it emerged that this remuneration committee had, did not have oversight of the top talent pay in RTE and also that it was hardly meeting in the years running up to the uh, outbreak of crisis in the broadcaster. So it was, kind of, it was a, a matter of priority that it would be reconfigured, that there would be a new mandate and that this would be a committee that would uh, be at work and be at work pretty intensively uh, looking at 
all matters related to the remuneration of top people. So the, the idea that the department didn't know that uh, it had been reconfigured, that there was a new mandate, it, uh, that would raise questions of the department, given what was said at the Public Accounts Committee, and given that uh, it's a kind of obvious question to ask, Uh, the chair of RTE in the middle of a a crisis over governance, if the chief financial officer is leaving, it's kind of obvious to ask whether uh, the terms of departure went through the remuneration committee, which is a subcommittee of the board. Yeah, I suppose all of that still doesn't explain why during two lengthy meetings between the chair and the DG on one side and the department and the minister on the other, why it wasn't clarified in those two meetings who knew what and when. Well, that, 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 that is also a, a valid question. Um, Shun Nirahali, the former chairwoman, has basically said she, she inadvertently uh, failed to uh, tell the minister ne- about the role. Neglected to recollect, I think, was, were the yeah, words she yes, used. Yes, exactly. Neglected to recollect. Um, she was at the meeting. There were, she was, there were two meetings last week with the, with the minister. Uh, Kevin Backhurst, the director general, was also there. There is a question as to whether uh, as to whether he uh, should have intervened because he uh, was at the remuneration committee at which the agreement. Uh, for Mr. Collins was signed off last October, mm-hmm. so he would have known that this was something that uh, the that was that, that that the remuneration committee was involved, and because the remuneration committee was involved, that meant that the board was involved. Okay, well look, in a sign that we may be getting to the end of the tunnel, and purposely I'm not saying that we're seeing light at the end of the tunnel, but Jennifer Bray, your colleague, is reporting this morning that the Public Accounts Committee is putting together this 70-page report, finalising it into RTE and everything that has emerged in recent times. And Jennifer is reporting that they're going to recommend tighter financial controls, greater transparency around exit packages and fresh oversight of contracts. That would seem to form at least part of what the PAC is going to recommend, Arthur. Um, And it would also seem like uh, pretty obvious points um, to be pursued um, if uh, RTE governance is to be tightened. Uh, I mean, I I don't imagine that anyone could object to tighter control. I don't imagine that anyone could object to uh, annual statements on the barter account and any exit payments. I don't imagine anyone would be able to object to oversight by the controller and auditor general. Mm -hmm. But do you think that the two reports that are outstanding, the government commissioned reports, will need to be in place and that there will need to be a new chair appointed before PAC can issue any report? Well, I think that the the PAC's work has been been ongoing. Whatever they, I mean, their report will be their conclusions. Conclusions are awaited in the other two reports. Uh, It's clear that the moment at which the government is going to have to uh, decide what exactly is going to be done to uh, assure RTE's financial stability into the future, that moment is coming, and it will be for the new chair, whoever that person is, to execute that plan for the government. But there's going to be no nothing to execute if the government doesn't decide. But then the government would say it can't decide until it has everything in front of it in terms of these reports. Arthur, thank you very much. That's Arthur Beasley there from the Irish Times. Now, coming up next, a fascinating question. Why were the church and state so worried about jazz music in the 1930s? Dermot Ferreter will answer it after this. Text 51551. Today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1.